What's up, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the PSN Party Podcast. I am your host, BMG, and I am joined by my co-host, Sentinel. Sentinel, how are you this evening? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for asking. Good, good, good. Our new member of the XBL family. Uh, it's great to have you here. It's uh, just me and you this evening. Um, sadly, um, Sarah Crazy Will's not feeling so good. Um, but uh, we'll just see how we go. Brand new show. Let's see what happens. A uh, bit housekeeping before we get into things. We are on our march to a 1,000 subscribers. Uh, if you like the content you see, you want to see more, any suggestions, any comments, um, like, share, subscribe. Messages on Twitter, messages on YouTube, messages on the XBL Party Podcast website. Um, we, tonight's topics include God of War, Call of Duty, and more. But before we get into all that, Sentinel, what have you been playing this week, sir? Um, I've actually been working my way through um, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, trying to beat Mass Effect 3 on Insanity Difficulty. I did it before, of course, but... Um, Going back through and trying to do it again, I realized just how difficult it really is. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit a bit a bit of a hard one, really. It's um, I like what they did with the um, remasters. They've actually put a lot of effort into them because the the first game was very uh, very very um, old style controls, a bit bit you to get used to after all these years and the way things work now with it. But it's a good series. I like the work they put into it. Uh, number two is still my favourite. Um, love Mass Effect 2. Um, even better so on the Legendary Edition, but you know, all three are worth playing, and they're on Game Pass as well. Even though we're on a PlayStation podcast, but yes, you uh, can get that on Game Pass, which I highly recommend playing. We are good, good, good. Um, I definitely agree. You know, Mass Effect 2, I think, is kind of the, um, that's the best one out of the entire trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was always it was always my favourite. First one, you know, it was a bit, it was okay. You know, you seem to be doing that, go around with that rover, taking samples and things like that. They kind of improved on that on number two and kind of got rid of it near enough completely by the third one, didn't they, if I remember rightly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what have I been playing? Um, just pretty much I've done some Horizon Forbidden West and I've also started... Uh, a bit of God of War Ragnarok. I'll give my brief impressions on that in a minute. But uh, but other than that, we did try out a bit of Halo Infinite Cult campaign. Myself and I'm a Ghostbuster Ash, which a uh, couple of teething problems. But yeah, it was good. It was fun. We enjoyed it. it uh, we, we could do wait until it calms down a bit and um, be able to play and get other people in. Uh, Muppet, who's in the chat. Good evening, Muppet. Good evening, Fimba. Um tried joining us and we had it just wouldn't work it wouldn't let him join for whatever reason so just assuming launch day teething issues but we'll uh we'll see all right let's get into tonight's topics um first bit of news is god of war ragnarok metacritic score this comes from vgc by tom ivan God of War reviews have gone live and PlayStation's exclusive has been extremely well received by most critics. Its score is hitting at a 94. It is one of the best games released since Elden Ring from Software's title with a meta score of 96. So, you know, a couple under, but to be fair, Elden Ring, I did actually see... I very briefly played it and I had to get a refund on the game because... 
I just couldn't play it. I tried my best. I just couldn't get through it. Not my type of game at all. Um, yeah. But the um, reception that God of War Ragnarok is getting is absolutely amazing. Seems to be loved right across the industry. Um, I was eager to play it last night and sat there ready to go, uh, you know, ready, ready to play. Managed to get an hour in and absolutely epic. I absolutely loved it. It was Oh, I've no spoilers. I won't spoil the game. Um, I do highly recommend doing the first game first. Get that out of the way before you jump into Ragnarok, even though there is a recap part before you start the game if you want to watch that. Um, but other than that, I, I think it's a well-deserved score. It's scored the exact same as um, God of War 2018, actually. Um, but it's well-deserved. Uh, well done, Santa Monica. Uh, well done, PlayStation, Sony. It's an ama- amazing game. From from the start, literally, I played an hour, and you're on a wild ride from the start. So highly yeah. recommend it. Is it something that you would play in the future? or Yeah, um, absolutely. I'd You know, um, I'm kind of in between uh, current-gen PlayStations at the moment. Uh, my PS4 kind of died on me, so I'm waiting for a, uh, you know, waiting for, to pick up another one. But um, I'd say out of all the long-standing IPs that PlayStation has, God of War is my favorite. You know, me and a GameStop guy uh, almost got into an argument with me saying uh, God of War was better than Uncharted. Of course, he liked Uncharted. I liked God of War. <laughs> you know, but it's it's like um, you you don't hear anyone really disrespecting God of War. You know, I mean, you hear some people saying a little a little bit, you know, about the DLC or about it's not a PlayStation Five game or any of that nonsense. But we all know that's a bunch of that's a bunch of nonsense, you know, because Sony Santa Monica, with the exception of God of War Ascension, and I think that's a mixed bag because some people enjoyed it, some people didn't. Um, they always delivered with the God of War franchise. You know, when you pick up a God of War game, that it's going to be upper tier, and I'm talking Rockstar level quality. You know that you're going to have a blast. You know that you're going to um, be treated to a phenomenal experience that you are going to remember. And it's it's always been like that, especially with me with God of War. Every single God of War game that I played, when I picked up a God of War game, I knew that I was going to be playing that and that alone until I beat it. That's just how it is. you know. And I think that's one thing that PlayStation has is they have these experiences that, um, you know, you can call them one and done or single player. I I don't really like that term. I think that's kind of um, disrespectful to games like God of War. I think God of War is a game that um, you, that you can come back to time and time again, and you will replay it multiple times. And, um, you know, my personal favorite is God of War three, just because I like the ancient Greece storyline. However, I did play God of War 2018. Um, from start to finish, I loved it. I actually wanted to go back and defeat all the Valkyries. I just never got time to do it. So mm. when I do pick up either a PS4 Pro or a PS5, um, I will be playing God of War 2018 again to beat all the Valkyries. And of course, I'm going to pick up Ragnarok because who who wouldn't? You know, it, yeah. it boggles my mind that um, you have you know does you have like you know 20, 30, 40 million uh, PS5 consoles out in the wild. You got over 100 million. PS4 consoles out in the wild and not everybody has played God of War. It just, it blows my mind because like I said, in my opinion, this is the best franchise that PlayStation has right now. Yeah. 
yeah, no, I agree. I um, I say I've played all the God of Wars. Ascension, I didn't mind actually. I did, I did actually enjoy Ascension. The multiplayer was a bit, bit cheesy, bit simple, but it was fun. It was something different. Um, I found like with the original God of Wars, I didn't have that sort of emotional connection as I have with the newer ones. It was more of a hack slash amazing set pieces blood gore uh, you know and that was that was that and then when the uh did the sort of reboot ish you know it's not a full reboot because it is a sequel god of war 2018 yeah um again um i won't i won't spoil the first game in case people haven't played it um but either again from from the outset you you've been hit with what's gone on, these emotions, this connection of father and son, the loss of a mother. And then literally you just, boom, hit straight into it. Uh, amazing fight fight scenes and all the way through, um, you know, you just, you just hit from one thing for another. And, and the whole of God of War 2018, um, the actual main thing that you're actually doing, it's not a spoiler. It's kind of, you've seen in trailers, you're, taking your wife Sasha's Atreus's mother Sasha's to the top of the highest mountain to spread her ashes that's that is what you are is you're doing in the game that is the point and then along the way all these other things come in all these other things happen um the uh create are struggling to build that relationship with Atreus because he's the god of war. Um, all he's known is rage and anger and and try and then loss and pain and then trying to raise his son as well and teach him things. And um it's it's really you know it's such a such an emotional roller coaster I found deep connection with that game. And literally jumping into Ragnarok last night, it it literally all came back to me starts off so amazing it's just boom 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 hitting you with everything you just feel like you've not been away um from the world and you know you've got more of a mature kratos uh, a teenager atreus as typical teenagers can be um but yeah it's it's from what i'm not i won't want to say I'm not going to spoil any other game uh, i'm not going to say what happens or anything like that you know it's, it's just come out today so happy ragnarok day everyone um, but it's I highly recommend it. It's hit me already, and a bit at the start, near near the start of the game, really hit me. And um, I would, and again, not spoiling anything, but highly recommend it. It's a well deserved score, um, ninety four. Um, I did think it was going to hit between like nine. I think I, I think ninety ninety one. I was I was thinking originally, but well 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 deserved. And um, I hope everyone gets a chance to play it. It's uh, it's a re- it's a really good game. Uh, before we move on, uh, let me just give a shout out to everyone in chat. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us for our very first PSN Party Podcast uh, stream. It's uh, it's great to see you all. So we're here. Let's have a quick look. Who- Got in chat. Uh, do, 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 do. Fimber, hello, Fimber. Hello, Muppet. Uh, Scott X2, thank you for coming, my friend. Uh, Safu, thank you for coming. I hope I pronounced that that right. Um, Big Shot Shizavain. If sorry if I butchered your name, I am awful at it. Um, but it's great to see you all. Thank you for coming along. Uh, it's my first time um, ho- hosting on on XPL, so uh, bear with me. Bear with me as we go as we go along. Right, moving on. 
Um, next topic is talking about PlayStation VR 2. Um, got, got announced. Uh, they did a post on the PlayStation blog. I shall read and we'll go from there. Over the past several months, we've introduced PlayStation VR 2 and provided glimpses into the next generation of virtual reality gaming, which will allow you to escape into new worlds while feeling a groundbreaking sense of immersion. Today, I'm pleased, obviously it's already been announced, so we're a little bit behind because it's our first show. I'm pleased to announce that PlayStation VR 2 is officially launching February the 22nd, 2023, uh, and pre-orders go live on 15th of November, which is from six days' time. Um, their recommended retail price for America is $549.99, euro $599.99, and pounds $529.99. That does include the headset and the two sense VR2 sense controllers, as well as the stereo headphones, which I'm assuming is just going to be the plug-in things. Um, so it's definitely priced higher than an actual digital place, uh, yeah, digital PlayStation 5. Um, it's quite on the steep end. Um, it is a premium product, and they are. I think they manufacture two million, which they're expecting to sell a big chunk of them. But you know, looking in today's climate, the way things are, inflation, and the cost of living's gone through the roof. You know, if if you haven't got a PlayStation Five, you're going to have to have one of them as well because it is actually tethered by one cable. Um, I am. I want it. I really do want it. But realistically, looking at what the price is, what they've actually announced, and we'll, we'll come on to the games um, that they've they've announced that are launching with the console, uh, with the headset, it's, um, I don't think there's enough there that would make me pick it up. Um, it's I'd love to try it. I'd love to play it. But I just think the price point in the way things are is too high. Um, yeah. I do... You know, it's if you take PlayStation VR one because you kind of had to buy everything separate. You had to buy the camera separate, the the move one separate. Uh, the only thing it came with was the the stereo headset, the the, the headphones, the earbuds, um, and even if you kind of add inflation, the price then and then add today's inflation, I think it works out actually more expensive. Anyway, so uh, yeah, is it price right? Possibly, yeah. Is many people going to be able to afford to pick this up over the holidays? Oh, you know, pre-order this, pick it up early next year. I, I, I just think I think the they should have come at a low price. I think they should have come in uh, maybe four hundred and forty-nine. Take a loss. Hopefully, get some really good third-party, first-party games to yeah. push the headset, and then like they've done with the PlayStation Five. Put the, maybe try and put the price up uh, like the Quest did, but I think they are kind of pushing themselves out, and I really do think they overpriced. What What do you think of the headset? Have you had Have you seen any of the specs? Yeah, I uh, you know I know the PlayStation VR two has um, they fixed a lot of issues that they had with the original PlayStation VR. Now I know with the original PlayStation VR there were an, enough complaints for Sony to officially address it about people having vertigo and eye pain. And also people who wore glasses, it was difficult for them to wear the headset. 
And um, PlayStation had addressed this afterwards, saying that the next iteration of VR that they released for next generation consoles, and again, this statement was made last generation, they said that it would be taking into consideration a lot of the problems that people had and using um, a lot of uh, innovative technology to deal with that, you know, the vertigo, the eye pain, stuff like that, to make the, to make the whole experience much more user-friendly. And I think, you know what, I would be willing to bet that I'd be willing to bet that even with the 550 price point, they're still taking a hit on the price because I would be willing yeah. to bet to break even with all the um, research and development they had to do and the new tech they had to put in it. I mean, it, it may be 650 a headset just to break even, you know, but the fact that they're putting it at 550 and again, you know, that statement about them taking a hit, you know, we have to see, you know, the statements from like that they would give their investors um, or you'd hear in a conference call or whatever. I don't have those in front of me, but um, it, it's like it's very likely that they are taking a hit just to um, just to get those in more households at a price that's low enough where people would consider it. Because if you got a headset for seven or eight hundred dollars, even the people that um, would consider five fifty are now kind of like, well, I'm not interested in that because that's way too much. I'll wait till it comes down in price. So they know they have to get PSVR two in the door. They also have. Um, they have a problem with the original PSVR games because it, you can't play original PSVR games on the PSVR 2. Mm. There's actually a Forbes article mm. written by Paul Tassi about this because they said they want all of the new VR games to be truly next generation virtual reality experiences. And that's why you can't play the old PlayStation VR games. So for people who had the PlayStation VR from the PS4 and they bought all those games, you can't play those on a PSVR 2. You have to buy all new games. So it kind of feels like the the $550 price point and the fact that this is truly not backwards compatible at all, um, it has it going against it. You know, I think I think it's going to it's going to be something that we have to keep an eye on in the long run. But I think people that really like um, VR, you know, people that really enjoy VR on PlayStation, it's going to be something that they'll pick up and they'll pick up a title here and there. They may also keep a PS4 Pro with the PlayStation VR if they enjoy those titles that much. It's kind of frustrating, though, from a gamer's perspective, because you can't buy a PSVR 2 and get to play all those games, you know, because they're not letting you do it. They want next-gen only experiences. So it's it's a good thing. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it, but it also has significant um, negatives to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's again like say these there'll be a way. You give it you give it six months to twelve months after it, it's released, you're gonna see, oh, we found a way to bring these old games over now. You know, it's you we're gonna see it's gonna happen um, eventually. It's like a lot of the, you know, PlayStation four, PlayStation three games and two and one and saying, No, we can't bring this forward, we can't bring this forward, and now they're starting to find a way. Uh, bringing these upgrades yeah i'm i am a fan of playstation i am a fan of xbox i don't agree with paying paying for upgrades you know hopefully at me i'm not one for paying for upgrades they should be free when it you know it should be doing what xbox is doing and making them free they should be included and i don't agree with paying uh, a 10 pound 10 dollar fee to put them up and i can see this is what's going to happen with the playstation vr too they're going to find a way of Porting them over, you know, I don't know how easy or hard it is because the original PlayStation VR, you needed the camera and it relied on the sensors on the, the visor 
and the move ones that had the little glowing balls on top. Um, that's how it tracked. That's how it tracked you for the games. Whereas the PSVR two, it's inside out tracking, eye tracking, and hand tracking with the um, the DualSense VR two controllers. Um, so I don't know how it would work or how complicated it is, but surely if a lot of these games are already on PC, on the Oculus, on the Vive, and stuff like that, on the Quest. So you know, surely they'll be able to convert it over when they got it from that to go to work on PlayStation. Surely it could right. work the other way around. It might take a bit of money, but you know they do keep picking up these different studios that specialize in different things. So it'll be interesting to see if um, they some point down the line they pick up another studio that specializes in porting vr games so i think insomniac if i remember rightly they were doing a bit of thing for vr wasn't they they were they they were sort of making vr games yeah so maybe they could call on some of their expertise or something to figure it out there's a way to, there'll be a way to do it. it it can't be that complicated surely i'm not a game dev or anything like that so it's all right me to say it's not that hard, but I don't actually have a clue. I just I just don't believe in what they're saying. And I think it's like standing on a rake, if you will, to say, yeah, 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 you know, we believe in generations and all that lot. Then walk back on that on the, you know, oh, no, we'll keep going working with PlayStation 4, and now we're moving on to VR 2. It's like, no, nah, see you later, VR 1, you're gone. But yeah. We'll we'll see. Uh, I have a list here from um, VGC posted by Chris Scullion. I hope I pronounced your name right. Sony has announced 11 new games set to arrive on PlayStation VR sometime in 2023. Uh, the games which are described uh, on the PlayStation blog are being available after PlayStation VR 2 launches on February include a spin-off base of the Dark Pictures Anthology. Um, do you remember... Oh, God, what was that game called? They did the roller coaster game on PlayStation VR. It was a launch game. I oh, yeah, I don't remember. My son was the one with PSVR. He loved it, but... Until Dawn. Yeah, I don't, Dawn. I don't remember. Yeah, they, they did uh, Until Dawn. Brilliant game. Um, if, if anyone hasn't played it, I highly recommend it. Um, I do think it's on PlayStation. In fact, it is. It's on PlayStation Plus um, Extra Tier. If uh, anyone's got that, I highly recommend playing it. It's like a cinematic adventure, uh, making decisions. Um, it's, a, it's a horror game. Really, really good. Multiple outcomes. You can play it through multiple times. Really, really good game. And, well, when PlayStation VR came, one came out, they came up with a... Um, like a spin-off. Um, Rush of Blood, it was called. And it's pretty much... You were sat in a roller coaster. Um the roller coaster going around this horror house. You had two guns and you were shooting clowns and, and things like that. Um, it was a good experience. It was a bit freaky. Really, really good experience. Um, but they are making a game called the Dark Pictures Switchback VR. Again, it's a, a same sort of game. It's a fast-paced roller coaster action horror shooter where players will shoot weapons at enemies while riding along the rails. Uh, pretty much the same what came out in 2016 for PSVR 1, but obviously for the PlayStation VR 2, so that'll be interesting. Um, other games include Crossfire Sierra Squad, a VR first-person shooter developed by Smilegate. Um, Crossfire, that's the one that um, Xbox got on Game Pass, wasn't it, where it was part, part of the single-player and yeah. a bit of multiplayer, and it didn't go down very well. It, in fact, I think, I think it was awful, 
and I, and I think people dropped off it super quick. I don't think it was enjoyable. I think there was a lot of issues with it that just still haven't been fixed. Um, from what I can remember, from what I can remember, because it feels like a lifetime ago that game came out, but I think it was earlier this year, late last year. Yeah, I remember people Not- talking about that for all of like 20 minutes. <laughs> it, it fell yeah. off pretty quick. Yeah, it did. Yeah, they made a big splash about it and um, this big song and a dance about it, and it was, and they never mentioned it since. So it kind of, kind of gave it away a bit. The summit wasn't quite right when they uh, stopped talking about it, didn't advertise it. It was like hmm, something's not right here. Uh, what yeah. else we got? At the uh, Light Brigade, a single player roguelike developed by Funkatronic Labs, which will be a cross by between PSVR and PSVR two. That is the first one that I've seen say that. So, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Cities VR Enhanced Edition, a VR adaption of the of the city building game City Skylines, currently already available on the MetaQuest, as well as uh, on consoles as well. You can buy that, and I do again. I think they are. You'll find them in a in a subscription service as well. Um, well, so we got Cosmonos Comonius High, a school based game developed by Alchemy Labs, the creator of Job Simulator, currently already available on Steam VR and Quest 2. So we're seeing a lot of games that are actually cross on already other heart on headsets, so it's yeah. not, not really a good look. Um, because I say we've got Hello Neighbor. Jurassic World Aftermath, Pistol Whip VR, Zenith, The Last City, After the Fall, and Ten Tenacula. I could be pronouncing that wrong. Um, sorry, because I'm I'm useless at reading words and pronouncing them. But literally all them games, um, apart from Crossfire Sierra Squad, are all on other headsets, and some are already on console, which is it's not a very good look, if I'm honest. Um, and it, they don't even say that Horizon Call to the Mountain is actually a launch game, even yeah. though that is what they've actually led to show off. They haven't actually said it's you know it's gonna it's gonna be a launch it's gonna be a launch game. It's going out day one. Um, I'm hoping you know come out February. Maybe January we get a showcase state of play for PSVR to actually tell us what the lineup's going to be. Um, we need more than just cross cross platform headset yeah. games. Yeah. You need, you know, at the price to put it at. I know um, as Safu says, he says the uh, uh, was it Safu or Muppet? Sorry, I can't remember who said it. That um, pretty much that it's the right price for the tech, just at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, which which is fair enough, and, and and I could probably agree with that. But you need games. It's all right having this headset, but you need the games that are going to bring people into play. If you haven't got the games, then what's what's the point? If you're just going to be playing games on a cheaper headset, why yeah. not just get the cheaper headset? Because it's going to be the same experience, apart from you've got dual sense features, and that's if they even have them activated in the third party games. That's the that's the problem with DualSense. Um, it's mainly first party that utilize it. I haven't. I think the only third party that I've seen use it is Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you know, with um, 
with any of these uh, specialty controllers, like if PlayStation is doing something and other people aren't, then um, it's like the features that you include with that controller for Call of Duty or whatever, you have to figure out how you know, how you're going to translate that into the other controllers that don't have that special feature, it, you know, if it's going to be made available. Um, a good example, obviously, is um, you you remember with like Grand Theft Auto, whenever you'd get phone calls in GTA 5, it would go to the DualShock 4's uh, speaker. Yeah. You know, yeah. but of course you can't do that with the Xbox controller. Um, also, like with, with some of the games, um, like the infamous games, you would actually use the you actually use the the touchpad, but of course you're not going to be playing Infamous on Xbox or any other system. So that's 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 kind of why I think they're they're only using it for first party, not really much for third party, because the third party, these third party companies don't want gamers to feel like they're getting a lesser experience if they're not playing with a Dual Sense controller. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Do you do you see this headset actually taking off? Do you think it's going to have that quite a good adoption rate on the um, first wave of them coming out early next year? Or do you think it's something that might pick up towards the end of next year? I mean, um, I think if they have a good launch lineup, it's going to get a decent amount of people in the door. And I think if they keep building on that and they're able, because the big issue with this is convincing these software developers to develop you know, meaningful games for the PlayStation VR 2. If they can convince them, you know, like you mentioned, um, the Dark Pictures, uh, you know, game that's coming up. That's a great example because a lot of people know Dark Pictures. A lot of people love those, um, you know, the horror or suspense um, experience that they get from the traditional game. Now, if you can put that in VR 2 and have it be um, exciting and scary and really be a game that people want to want to play time and time again um, and you have a lot of those you're going to see a lot more people pick up psvr2 than um, picked up the psvr1 yeah yeah it's it's as i say i think i think i just i just find it hard because it's something i want uh, i'd love to pre-order it i'm still toying whether to pre-order it and just see how things go after the holidays i just think at the price it's, I can understand it is probably priced right, it is priced correctly. It's a premium hardware. You're going to probably get a premium experience, but yeah, it's such a high price in way things are. I personally, I would have sooner than delayed it till 2024 or Q holiday 2023 because um, we're still literally, we are still coming out of a pandemic. Uh, we are yeah. still in a pandemic. A lot of the world's still suffering. And parts um, are still expensive. Chips are still hard to get hold of. Um, it, it would just be, if given it more time, they might have been able to come in with a slightly lower price point, maybe if they could get stuff a little bit cheaper. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know. They've clearly looked and thought, you know, the interest, the adoption rate is probably going yeah. to be high. And it is the hardcore fans are going to pick it up. The early adopters are going to get it. They're going to be the guinea pigs and and see see how it goes. I can I can see um, it taking off. But until the game's hit, I think I will personally hold off. I think I, I, think, think I am um, going to wait. I think a lot of people are kind of feeling the same way you do. Um, I know Muppet in the chat said VR is still a very niche 
And I, I think that's accurate, but I also think with Game Pass being such a phenomenal you know, situation on Xbox, PlayStation is looking for any way they can differentiate themselves. They want to give the impression that their ecosystem is the premium way to play video games. And I think one of the best ways to do that is PSVR 2, because if you look at Xbox, I mean, they have every with everything they have going for them, there's no VR. It does not exist. So for PlayStation to say, we have PSVR 2, it's new and improved, and we have all these launch titles, and we have 15 new titles that are in development that will release within the next 12 months. It's going to help to draw a lot of people that might have been on the fence towards PSVR 2 because they're going to be like, you know what, um, I love my PlayStation 5. I feel it's the premium gaming experience, and um, PSVR 2 is a great addition to that. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. It's Again, it's going to be one of them. Um, I do want it, and I will pick it up eventually. Um, I'll probably wait further down the line and just to see see what happens. Because um, as it stands, I couldn't afford it right now. Um, even if I was determined to get one, you know, I'd probably have to sell one of the children to to cover the cost. <laughs> but, yeah. But no. But no. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, just quick another quick shout out. Hello, XBL. Our part our other um, rival for, to the PSN party podcast, XL party <laughs> podcast. I'm sure we're going to have some good times, but yeah, great. Great to see you at Stubbs gaming. Thank you for coming in, sir. Hello. And uh, boy, yes, yes. Everyone getting on the old uh, God of War train, but uh, right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, might as well, while we spoke about Call of Duty, we might as well go there next. Um, Activision Blizzard King had their earnings call. Um, following a three-year period in which Call of Duty reached well over half a billion players and delivered a step-change increase in engagement and player investment, these launches marked the start of a new era intended to take the franchise to new heights. Activision is looking forward to building on its current momentum in 2023 with plans for next year, including the most robust Call of Duty live operations today. The next full premium release in the Blockbuster annual series and even more engaging free-to-play experiences across the platforms. There are more to that, so if you want to read the full article on the um, earnings call go ahead but the reason we've picked that bit up because great jason schreier over on twitter he absolutely let me find it because i have just clicked it off um actually posted a statement himself on there to what it's relating to because everyone straight away jumping on yeah, we're getting a new Call of Duty in 2023. That's what's happening. That's it. They haven't delayed next year's, and that you know that's that's where it went. Um, yes, I am so, sorry, Stubbs. Yeah, I am sounding a bit better. Thank you. I'm still a bit under the weather, but um, uh, we're plodding on. We're plodding on. So Jason Schreier has posted this on Twitter to that statement that I just read. It says, let me make this super clear. The next game by Treyarch is coming out in 2024 because people thought Treyarch's game would be coming out next year with the earnings call mentioning a premium Call of Duty coming out in 2023. Next year, there'll be a Modern Warfare 2 premium paid expansion by Sledgehammer. It's supposed to have lots of content. Maybe that's why they're calling it a full release. But all it is, 
is an expansion to Modern Warfare 2, which he uh, got raked over the court coals for. Um, but yeah, I did see this. I, I did see him getting a lot of stick online saying, no, it's a new game, it's a new game. So he did clarify. Um, how do you feel that if if it's got obviously if it's going to be a full premium release, you know it's going to be a minimum of seventy dollars. Um, how do you feel that price point for an expansion to Modern Warfare Two? Avatar saying in an earnings call, it's just a it's a premium new game. Oh Jesus, that's rough. You know, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I like Call of Duty a lot. You know, um, I think right now Call of Duty has pretty much edged out Battlefield as my favorite military shooter. But would I pay $70 for an expansion? <sighs> you know, it, it's it's difficult um, because C- Call of Duty is notorious for having six-hour campaigns. I'm obviously not paying 70 bucks for six hours. So no. if it's if it's coming with if, if it's coming out and it's gonna be $70. It had better have substantial single-player single content and a bunch of other stuff with it. Um, if it just came out, oh, a six-hour ca- campaign add-on, I'd pay 20 bucks for it. I wouldn't pay 70 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it just seems like it's like that, um, obviously, Bobby Kotick is still in charge of Activision Blizzard King. Um, the sooner we get he gets out, the better he's toxic yeah. he's he's the probably one of the most worst human beings on the planet um but it, it you know doing it this way showing investors look we're gonna win a new premium experience putting it across that way making people think it's going to be a new call of duty it's going to be a new call of duty um i can see it's rather going to be a digital expansion or they're going to release, obviously, as a standalone game, but he's just going to be a part of Modern Warfare 2 to try and, you know, try and sell it across as a full new experience when really all it is an expansion. And $70 for an expansion is, especially with Call of Duty, because I haven't done the story. I don't know how the story goes in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I do believe it kind of shows that it could carry on. Um, but is it really worth $70 just to, for an expansion and probably a couple more maps, a new zombies mode maybe, or um, free extra content in what will be then Warfare 2? Will it be the um, free-to-play Battle Royale? Yeah, I believe so. so. And yeah, you know I, what? I want to I want to use this as a comparison, you know. You're paying $70 for like a six-hour expansion in theory, or you can spend $60 and buy a $150 game, you know, Mod- uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, 150 hours worth of content, 60 bucks, or $70 for six hours. I mean, pick your pick. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. The, the, the value is just completely different. It's You're going to get you get more for your money. Um and it's it's worth worth every penny, you know. What what yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I would have paid double the price for what they offered, what they give you for what is in it. Part I know they took the multiplayer out. I wasn't a big fan of the multiplayer anyway, but all the DLCs, yeah. the games, and the detail that's going into it worth worth every penny. But Call of Duty, I, I was in two minds. I was actually I was thinking about picking up the um, Modern Warfare Two, thinking well, it's going to be a two year game. Yeah. That's a brilliant two-year game. Uh, but to hear, yeah, it's a two-year game, 
but you're pretty much going to have to pull, pay full price again next year to ha- get some additional content. It's like, um, you've lost me. That's it. I will not get it. I will not pick it up. I won't Just pick it up it. on holiday. You know, it's going to be like a half price. Do, do the actual Call of Duty games go on offer, though? Because I've never really seen them go cheap, yeah, even the older um, games. Yeah, right when... Um... Right when it was Battlefield 4 and Call of Duty Ghosts came out, and they came out like two weeks before. I mean, in America, it's Black Friday. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have uh, Black Friday in the UK. Yeah, but, we do. Yeah, um, it was. They came out, you know, sixty bucks, both of them, full price when they released. Like two weeks later, Black Friday, they were both like twenty five dollars. Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, so you do they do sort of go on a discount and then don't they? I've I've never really seen them from like because I like tend to have a look on on the sales. PlayStation, yeah. Xbox, because they've always got some going on when it comes to seasons and things. And, and yeah. Call of Duty is the ones I've never really noticed get discounted. Uh, may, may, maybe the odd 10%, 20%, maybe on older, older ones, but uh, nothing on the recent ones at all, to be honest, which uh, maybe that could, I'll say it's probably going to change if if Xbox acquire um Activision Blizzard King, then uh, maybe maybe they'll just like as well as putting a load on Game Pass, start putting right. them on sale, start selling them a bit cheaper. Who who knows, who knows? Um, but I do believe with that at the moment, the um, ABK deal, the EU have commission have announced it's that they've actually moved into phase two now. So that'll be interesting to see everyone go nuts online and all these theories and. Our good friend Luke Steele gonna have to go on a thousand podcasts to, yep. you know, get get out his whiteboard to draw diagrams on to, you know, show how it all works and what actually happens instead of just people sat there saying, "I hear what you're saying," but I yeah. don't think that's gonna happen, you know. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. Well, you know, it's, it's yeah. good for PlayStation gamers because Phil Spencer pretty much said, "Hey, as long as you guys have a PlayStation, you'll have Call of Duty on your console." He did, he did, and he actually, it's funny because he, Phil Spencer has literally said all the way, it makes no sense taking it off PlayStation. You take it off PlayStation, you're cutting, a, you know, you're literally cutting more than half your player base off because that is where all the plays are. Makes no financial sense to take it off there, but it's, everyone's hung up on the, um, the, the deal, this three-year deal, thinking, oh, three years, it's coming off, three years, it's coming off, that's it. It's that, and that's like, no, that's not the case. Three years, and then they will negotiate a new deal, not carry on with the deal that they want, or three years, or seven years, three years on top of what they've already got that yeah, it was offered. You know, and the, the, big, the big elephant in the room, I think, is uh, Game Pass, of course. And, you know, they have the new PlayStation Plus program, and I, you know, it's like I, I would argue that um, Jim Ryan wouldn't even have to, uh, you know, he wouldn't even have to give the game away for free day one on PlayStation, uh, you know, on the PlayStation. I don't even remember what the name of the uh, the new PlayStation Plus thing is. It has like three different tiers. Um, I, I would say for like the top tier, say, hey, you know what? You get um, the new Call of Duty for an, for an entire month for free. And the middle yeah. tier, hey, you know what? You got it for two weeks. And then the bottom tier, hey, you got it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And what that would do is it would get them in the door. It would allow PlayStation gamers to have a taste like Xbox gamers do with Game Pass. And it would it would inspire more people to check out the different tiers of PlayStation Plus. And um, it would basically be drawing more people to the service. And it would allow Jim Ryan to actually have it 
effectively compete more with Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way of thinking. I didn't think of it that way. That's, that's quite a good way of looking at it. Um, I, I did notice um, I, we've we've not got it as a, as a topic this evening, but the actual PlayStation Plus subscribers are down at two million. I think about four percent they've lost somewhere along them lines. Um, yeah. And on when this new service that they've actually started, they've actually lost paid subscribers to it, which is unusual. I thought it, I thought they would actually see quite a big increase because yeah. the offerings they've got. What's actually on the service? Uh, it's really good. Some really good games. Um, they've got the Ubisoft classics in there. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of the first party games are now in there. Games that came out last year, you know. So there's a lot of content in there. A lot of stuff to pick from. Um, you know, a lot of Ubisoft games, EA games, third party games. You know, first party games. There's quite a good offering, um, but it just doesn't seem to be a big song and a dance about it, you know, it just doesn't, they don't seem to push it as how Game Pass are pushing, uh, which yeah. is strange really, because I would have thought, you know, this is this is the service you want to push. This is what, you know, you want people to subscribe and join and be part of this while still paying $70 for, for the games as well, which, you know, each to their own, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to have everything in the subscription service because it, it would be cheaper for me short term you know and and long term in a way because you've still got access to everything um and all other games you're not just it's not just 70 dollars for one game and that's it it's 13.99 14.99 a month whatever it is and um, access to hundreds of games to pick and choose and flick through and they they do have a good offering the playstation really do have quite a good offering at the moment Um, it does it does kind of feel like with this new playstation plus the three tier thing that they haven't really figured out how to how to market it and how to manage it effectively. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like they're still learning. You remember in the in the first days of uh, Game Pass, they were kind of figuring out what they were doing, yeah, trying to work out the kinks. It kind of feels like that's what they're doing right now with this new PlayStation Plus three tier system. And I, I don't think that um, you know I don't think that they're going to fail. I think they're going to make some mistakes, and hopefully they'll learn from those mistakes. I think they can bring it to being able to more effectively compete with game pass but something that playstation has to absolutely do is they have to listen to their fans you know um they've yeah. developed kind of a negative reputation about not listening to their fans and what their fans want but with something like this you need to know what the fans think is valuable what what you what the fans think doesn't make a lot of sense and they need to take that into consideration and adjust accordingly yeah so I've just seen that Muppet said in chat, it says, it's all games that people have played before and some Game Pass I've already played. That's true. You're going to see a lot of crossover games, games that are in one service and then in another. But you've got to remember, not everyone has access to both consoles. Yeah. A lot of people are on one or the other. Um, so it's all right. You see, you know, on Xbox, you've got access. I've already played half these games. But if you only have a PlayStation, then you haven't played them games more than likely or you played them when you bought them here and there, but now they're in a subscription service. So it's, um, you know, I still believe they're going to be day and day eventually. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to be any time soon. I think by 2026, maybe we'll be day and date. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Cause it's kind of still getting this con- console exclusivity. I think while they, they've still got, can get these second party, uh, third party games, on these deals where they're either in the subscription service or they've gotten for a limited time before they, um, 
go anywhere else. I think they'll just keep doing that until they get to the point where they're going to have to move them over because less and less people are buying the games. But while the hardcore's doing it, there's going to keep on moving with it. And uh, where was it? Speaking on the exclusivity, we might as well uh, just swiftly move on to the Final Fantasy XVI. Uh, this news article is from VGC by Andy Robinson. Final Fantasy 16 will be a PlayStation 5 exclusive for at least six months after its summer 2023 release. That's according to a new marketing video published by Sony on Monday, which features Final Fantasy 16 footage, along with a disclaimer, Final Fantasy 16 is anticipated summer 2023, PS5 exclusive for six months. So, you know, that, that kind of says that a lot of people are thinking, yeah, it's coming to Xbox. Six months, it's coming to Xbox. Yeah. Um, remember Final Fantasy uh, VII Remake. Yeah, still hasn't come to Xbox. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know what? People had said that wasn't even really PlayStation. That was Square Enix choosing that. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard it was more of uh, the kind of had... Obviously, PlayStation gave them a lot of money towards help doing it, and I think they've literally just, instead of like, right, we'll make it for PlayStation and then do Xbox along alongside, they've just kind of not done it. And yeah. then I think after the deal's expired, because I do think that deal's expired, they've just turned around and gone, can't be bothered. Let's uh, why why bother? They've done that. Was it the um, what is it Final Fantasy fourteen? That's the um, the online one, the MMO. Is oh, it 14 or 13? I don't even remember. Or oh, 12. There's been so God, many of so them. Many. Yeah, the, whichever one's the... Um, if um, chat can let us know, if you can let us know on that one. I think it's 14. I think it's 14, but I can't be 100%. Well, um, you know, the, actual... the, the, Sorry, in, the whole interesting thing about, um, about Square Enix is how no matter how good games outside of their Japanese studios did, it just wasn't good enough. But with games and franchises like Final Fantasy, I mean, they could technically do half the numbers and they're still satisfied with them. You know, yeah. they're not asking any questions. And it, it almost seems like the writing is on the wall as far as PlayStation and Square Enix. I know a lot of people don't say, you know, are like, well, you know, I don't really know um, if anybody should be acquiring any more big big developers or whatever, but it kind of feels like Square Enix doesn't know what they're doing as much. Like, um, not the developers, but the bosses running the company. And PlayStation, for the most part, they do know what they're doing with their companies. And I think that um, Square Enix would benefit greatly if they were acquired by, by PlayStation and they had that oversight coming from PlayStation to try to fix some of those issues. Yeah, I, th I think that's kind of what they're trying to do. You know, the they sold off all the Western division, um, told them to embrace her, to probably concentrate more on the Japanese side, which they, they came out and said, you yeah. know, they're the sort of games you want to concentrate on. And then they came out with a statement. Uh, I can't remember if it, I, I don't know if it was a public statement, if it was an interview or an earnings call. I'm not 100% sure um, which one it was, but they did come out and say, we need to make games more for the Western audiences so the japanese games you know the you know your final fantasies and things like that but more um catered for the western audiences than the japanese audiences which because uh, they're not getting what they want or seeing the growth that they want from 
the Japanese side, which is yeah. uh, which is is fair fair enough. But you know, it's to me, it's better if you can try and cater for everyone. But it's just not the way it works. But yeah, we've. Um, Final Fantasy, yeah, was it? I can't remember. Did someone say in the chat? No, I can't. Still, Final Fantasy has, yeah, I can't. I, I, no one's put it on there yet. Uh, but the, whichever the online Final Fantasy is, um, the creative director of the online game was actually asked if it would be coming to Xbox, and they just said they haven't got the resources to do it. So it's like, okay. So he said, you know, it's a possibility. We thought about it, but we just haven't got the resources for it, and they just didn't do it, which is, um, which is, which is, which is strange because it's like, again, it's another audience that people want to play it, people want to do it, but they haven't got the opportunity because they've got Xbox and they haven't got uh, PlayStation. I know it's on PC as well, but again, not everyone's got a PC. I've got a PC. It's a potato. It's held yep. together by dust. <laughs> it's that old, right. literally. It's that old, and it's about as good use for this. I'm a console gamer. I'm I'm fortunate to have both the Series X and the PlayStation Five because my uh, good wife, you know, she looks after me, which is uh, which is good. I, really, I think she just gets me to keep me out of the way. But you know, I'll pretend yeah. it's out of love. <laughs> <laughs> but not everyone has that opportunity. You know, you kind of. A lot of people get the console where all the friends are playing, um, you know, whether that be Xbox, whether that be PlayStation, whether that be PC. So, you know, it'd be nice if like these sort of games were could be accessed everywhere. But you know, um, we shall we, we we shall see we shall see. But with the the Final Fantasy sixteen, the six month exclusivity, um, I really do think that is just related to it coming to PC in six months. I don't think you're going to see it on Xbox. I, and if you do see it on Xbox, you'd be lucky if it's within the next three or four years. I don't think, I just really don't think they're interested in having the Final Fantasy series on Xbox consoles. Yeah. yeah. Which is strange because um, was it, um, was it X, the um, XO, X, XO 20, one of the big shows where they actually announced with one of the creatives of Final Fantasy bringing all the old games to Game Pass. They made a big song and a dance about it, bringing the older games over, and then some of them didn't even materialise, and then it's just yeah. literally they don't want it anywhere anywhere near us. Which, anywhere, yeah, oh, anywhere near the Xbox, sorry, not us, Xbox. <laughs> yeah, it's, it does seem like um, some of those fell through, and I think that's kind of where PlayStation has a clear advantage you know, because they do have a lot of those, uh, they have a lot of those uh, JRPGs that Xbox gamers may want, but PlayStation gamers have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. They're definitely Square Enix are definitely setting themselves up to be sold. It it just comes across that that's what they're aiming at because they're also now saying we can't pretty much afford to run our studios. So we're looking for outside investment and thing like things like that so it's yeah. almost like they're positioning themselves for someone to come in swoop up buy them and get it off um obviously whatever the parent company of square enix's umbrella they just want to get rid of it by the sounds of it but yeah. um i think they do have that better relationship with playstation probably would be better with playstation but you know because pretty much near enough most of the game square enix does is on PlayStation or PC, they don't. Yeah. There's not that many 
they come to Xbox. I know you had Avengers, I know you had Guardians of the Galaxy, but again, they're licensed games by Disney, Marvel, so they were probably told they have to go on everything. I, I would assume, I would assume, especially um, games like that. But it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. Um, um, we'll we'll see what happens with Final Fantasy. Um, anyone that's thinking it's going to come to Xbox in six months after release, you don't don't because it's not going to happen. It's going to be on PS5 only, which they have come out and said. So we are starting to see now these games come out for current gen consoles. They're slowly leaving PS4, Xbox One behind and more and more moving over to just the newer consoles now, which, yeah. uh, um, but I am seeing, um, where was I the other day? I was in going past one of our local um, game stores and they had the Xbox one X that was at Scorpio originally, the, the, the more enhanced one, um, more secondhand, more expensive than the series S brand new. I think it was, well, here it would have been, it was about I think it was like two hundred two hundred and um two hundred and seventy nine ninety nine here. So that's about what about about roughly the same price um over in America and more expensive than the Series S, which is just absolutely crazy. Um that these older consoles, some of them are still more expensive, which well, we're going to slowly phase them out, I think. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, you have the you have the PS4 Pro, which which is still very sought after, you know. But I think uh, PlayStation stopped they stopped manufacturing that, so you can still get the PS4 Slim, I believe. But getting a PS4 Pro, I don't think you can. I don't think they're manufacturing them anymore. Like if someone bought tons of them, you could still buy it. But it's it's amazing that you're still finding PS4 Pros on sale. For three ninety nine, you know, oh, because there's yeah. there's a lot under the hood, and for a last generation console, it was actually very impressive. Yeah, yeah, and it and it still is. I had I had the Pro, um, the PS four, traded it in, got the PS four Pro. That's when I got the 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 VR headset and all that with it. Um, uh, and it was good, good console. I I did enjoy it. I did like it. It got to the point after a bit where it sounded like it was taking off. Yeah, um, which. Yep. I, that's I think that's when I mainly started playing with headsets. Um, I used to just <laughs> like it through the TV, but when all you can hear is, it's like, yeah. oh my god! So that's I think that's when I switched to headsets, and then you just can't hear anything then, which uh, def- definitely definitely made it better and more enjoyable. And uh, I think it was um, I was on XBL yesterday, and um, I think it was Ash saying the PlayStation Five is really loud and sounds like it's taking off and that, which is a load of rubbish. It's actually a very quiet console. Um, either either the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation Five, if you put a disc in either of them, yeah, it, 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 it sounds you know it sounds like um, we're putting money in the machine to get a can of pop yeah. <laughs> falling. Yeah. That's that's what it, that's what they sound like. Um, but I'm well, fully digital anyway, so I don't have that issue. When the when the PS5 first came out, um, because they were scrambling to make sure that they could build enough of these, um, Sony actually had three different models of fans in different PlayStation 5s. You know, one of them being the crappiest version you could get, one being mid, and then, of course, one being uh, top tier. And I think depending on which, which um, particular fan was in people's PS5s, that's going to determine how loud or quiet it is. And a lot of people weren't tracking this. I remember reading it a few months mm-hmm. after it came out. 
Um, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was Digital Foundry, another one of those, um, another one of those, uh, you know, people, one of those groups that does analysis of something like, um, you know, a game system or how a game runs. But I do remember it was actually out there, and Sony admitted that there were three different types of fans in their PlayStation Five consoles. And I, I think yeah. when you have three different levels of quality, it's going to have some people saying, hey, mine runs quiet. To other people, mine runs like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, mine's the uh, mine's the middle one out of the three SKUs that they brought out. Mine's the, the second one. Because um, I remember that because they changed the... <laughs> on the stand, there's like a little screw. And on the first one, you needed a screwdriver to, to get it in and out. Whereas on the newer one, well, the middle tier, I don't know what the, the latest one is. It was like a, you could just put your hand in and turn it. So they made it a lot easier um, and made it a little bit bigger so you didn't lose it as easy. So that's how, and then check the serial number as well. And it turns out, oh, I've got the middle one, which, which is fair enough. But it, to me, it's whisper quiet, very quiet. Um, I was playing God of War. Um, and it literally was silent the whole time playing it because I kept taking my headset off just to have a listen, just to see. Because obviously with an intense game and the way they do it, because yeah. uh, there's, there's no uh, loading screens or anything, it's a fixed, fixed camera that's following you all through the game. It's like it just keeps on going. Same with 2018 as well. It's that fixed camera. You, the only time you have a loading screen is if you die, and that is it. And even then, it's literally on the PS5, it's... Half a second, maybe a second at most, and then you're back in the game. It's 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 crazy, absolute crazy. Um, but yeah, I do, I do, I do think the the fairly quiet um, is on that on that side of things. Right, uh, let's let's move on to um, a bit of John Wick news, Mister Wick. Uh, again, another article from VGC um, posted by Andy Robinson. Um, Hollywood giant Lionsgate has revealed its in discussions to greenlight a big AAA game based on the John Wick franchise. John Wick is a trilogy of critically and commercially successful action movies starring the one and only Keanu Reeves. Awesome actor. He's an awesome dude. Um, as a retired assassin out for revenge. A fourth installment is set to release in March 2023. During a recent earnings call with investors, Transcribed by IndieWire, Lionsgate CEO John Felvmeyer. I've really pronounced that name wrong, but that's his name. You know, Mr. Felvmeyer uh, claimed that execs were looking to expand on the series movie success with a large video game project and claimed they have already been fielding proposals. Uh, and quote from um, the CEO, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but we believe there is a big AAA game to be made out of John Wick. He said, he said, we've been fielding proposals. We certainly are interested in moving that forward, but I don't want to say anything more about it at this time. Uh, so clearly um, they're in talks about, you know, with different developers, I'm assuming different companies uh, about making this game. Um, who, if you could pick a studio dev publisher to make this game, who would you get it and what kind of game would it be? Are we talking uh, exclusive studios or just anybody? Nope, it could be anyone. It's going to be, I would assume, because it's Lionsgate, um, they're going to want it everywhere. So we'll assume it, what, what, whoever you go with, it's going to be multi-plat. Um, but who would be best fitted for it, that kind of game? I mean... And I want to throw this out there first. I know it's not going to be exclusive, but 
if you know if if it would have been exclusive, then I would have said uh, Sucker Punch because their work on Ghost of Tsushima was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Um, I would say you know you have to have someone who knows about combat and who is making pretty solid games, and most of their games hit hard, um, and they really understand how such fluid combat is going to work. The obvious the obvious person you're going to go with is going to be Rocksteady, without a doubt. Rocksteady would 100% be um, the company you'd want to go with. I don't know. Do you, I, do, I find that I've, I've seen, I've been watching, obviously, they, they made the Arkham series games, which made amazing games. Gotham Knights, meh. Well, Gotham like Knights wasn't frames. made by Rocksteady, though. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it's, that was, um, oh, what was the other team that's part of them? Um, uh, it's like WB Montreal or something. That's it, yeah, yeah. But even like the on the Rocksteady games with the Arkham, love the Arkham games. I found the combat very too slow. I, Batman, he always seemed, he, don't get me wrong, the, the way he moved and the stuff he did was good, but I found it it was a bit slow, a bit clunky. Right. Um, you know, John Wick, I would be seen as a third-person action game Fast-paced, right. moving, quick movement. Um, there's, um, I can't re- quite remember the name of the studio off the top of my head. They made the uh, the recent game Sifu, which is the Sifu. Right. It's like a, a roguelike game. Um, pretty much, you start at I think you're 18 years old, and the right. idea is it's proper martial arts. Um, and every time you die or get they damaged, were made by get slow, older. They were made by a French studio called Slow Clap. Then that's it. That's it. I could yep. think of the word clap, but I couldn't think of that. And I didn't want to say <laughs> the, clap. The, the clap made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would, I would still stress Rocksteady and not because John Wick has to be flipping around and doing all the crazy stuff Batman did, but you look at how, how phenomenal those games are, especially considering they have to be faithful to the Batman universe. And yeah. how immersive they are and how gritty they are. And, you know, to think of them doing a a game like John Wick, um, you know, obviously you could look at a game like uh, Sleeping Dogs and say, hey, what about them? But that studio is gone. You know, unfortunately, the Sleeping Dog studio is gone. Um, yeah. so, you know, you couldn't have. Um, hold on. Let me see. Sleeping Dogs developer. Let me see. I'm I'm looking up and seeing which one it was because they're they're not, you know, they're not around anymore. They're called United Front Games. They're no longer active. So you couldn't have someone like that do it. But you'd want a studio that has done a lot of phenomenal work that has a, amazing attention to detail. And you know, you could say on paper that a studio from Electronic Arts or Ubisoft could technically do that. But a lot of the Electronic Arts and Ubisoft stuff anymore, um, it's like. It's basically like they're on the ropes in a boxing match and they're doing everything they can not to get knocked to the canvas, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're at that point right now, so I don't have a lot of faith in them to do a John Wick game right or, you know, to do a John Wick game that doesn't have, like, thousands of dollars worth of microtransactions and other crazy stuff in there that doesn't need to be in there, you know? Um Again, I would say Rocksteady. The only issue I could see is that Rocksteady belongs to Warner Brothers. And, of course, John Wick is not Warner Brothers, but I'm sure that they could work out something behind the scenes because it seems like movie studios are much um, more cooperative whenever it comes to something like this than a lot of game studios are, surprisingly. 
Yeah, because I think it's especially like Disney. Disney seem to like to fish things out all over the place, um, and especially even with like, not just films, but with game IP as well. Because uh, is he Amy Henning? Isn't she part of Lionsgate? Is it Lionsgate? Um, some or Sky Sky Skydance, Sky yeah, Skydance. Yeah. So and I they, believe she and, is, yeah. Yeah, and she's making that. Obviously, that's a film company. Obviously, they, they kind of set up a, a game studio, which Amy Henning is the head of, and they're making a Black Panther Captain America game. Yeah. So, and you I, know. I think as long as they keep that, they. I know everyone loves the open world superhero feel, but I think um, Black Panther and Captain America, it really should follow a format that's much closer to X-Men Origins Wolverine. And for those of you that haven't played the Wolverine Unleashed game back on the PS3 and Xbox 360, if you can, definitely go back and play it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Because those areas, it had like basically like kind of a combat arena, and then you walk to this area, and then there's another combat arena, and then there's like a boss fight. But I think with Black Panther and Captain America, um, that would that would allow them to really concentrate on the story they're trying to tell. Because with characters like Black Panther and Captain America, you know, it's not like the Punisher who he's going in a, a huge open world hunting down bad guys. I mean, they have specific stories to tell. And I think Amy Hennig is a phenomenal person to put in charge of that because, of course, she was attached to the original Uncharted trilogy. And I think she was responsible for um, the memorable stories that were told during that trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I, I, I like I say, I'm assuming that they take they've taken a lot of like proposals from a lot of people. They've had a lot of ideas submitted to them on you know what sort of games you know game it's gonna be. Uh, you, yeah. you, you you've got to imagine it's gonna be like an action adventure with stealth elements, but um, it's you know it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. It's a many different ways it can go. As long as it's not going to be first person, um, it's like the Deus Ex games. Um, I, I like Deus Ex. I would yeah. have rather had it in third person. I didn't like the first person than everything else he did in third person, and it was I really did. I found it hard to do stuff, be stealthy, and then like all the fighting and stuff like that while. In first person, it just didn't. It seemed very jarring, and it didn't. Uh, I didn't think it worked very well, and maybe that contributed to why the games didn't do as brilliant because the stories were brilliant. Him, the whole conspiracies and things, yeah, um, ab- absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see well, where we go. You know, and I remember when they when they announced previously there was going to be a John Wick game, and everybody was happy, and then. They, everyone saw what John Wick Hex was, and they were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> a bit, <laughs> bit of a disappointment, that. <laughs> yeah. um, right, let's just give another quick shout-out in chat, because I think we've had some more people come. Good evening, Jinna. Um, good evening, Redders. Great to see you guys. Good evening, it's Timmy. Um, awesome to see you, in. Thank you for coming along and to the, um, the Superior show. It's great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's 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 move on. Let's move on. Um, another article from VGC by Jordan Midler. Hideo Kojima breaks his silence on abandoned. Turns out he's not behind it. 
um, in a statement on his podcast, because he's, um, I think it's called Brain Structure, he does with Jeff Keighley, which is a bit of a strange one. Um, you know, they talked about rumors of Death Stranding 2 because uh, people were saying it was going to be a Stadia exclusive, which he shot down. Not the case. There was never going to be Death Stranding 2 on Stadia. Um, I, I do think it was working on something. Um, yeah probably in the very, very early stages that didn't really get far because obviously I think you probably saw the writing on the wall with them shutting their own studios down and, you know, scaling back the teams and things. Uh, yeah. But he also came out um, and also said that, uh, let me just find the quote here. Yes, he's addressed the um, aban- being involved with Abandon, the horror game by developer Blue Box Studios. He says, you, quote, users just keep sending me pictures of Hassan um, Kojima told Keeley, they still send me collages and deep fake images like 20 a day. It's really such a, a nuisance and have nothing to do with the game. Maybe if they just brought out the game, released the game, people would know exactly what it is, um, which seems to be a bit of a, a dig at Hassan over at Blue Box Studios. Um, Hassan then, or Blue Box, the um, actually came out and uh, thanked Kojima for clearing things up and saying developing uh, harassing developers and is is not cool and it shouldn't happen. But it's his fault. Yes. He caused it. He teased. It begins with an S. L S H is in the title. Uh, he did everything to tease it being something related to Kojima. And it well and truly backfired. Yeah. Well and truly. Um, I don't believe there's a game. I don't think the game exists. I think this prologue that took him years to make is just a load of rubbish. Um, it's literally nothing. Uh, you load this prologue onto PlayStation 5. Yeah. You see someone's legs and feet walking across some wooden boards. And that's it. It's literally that is it. And looking back at checking him out, Hassan, looking at what games he's actually done, the amount of games he's been coming out and never came out, they've just folded, they've been cancelled. Um, it, it's just, I, I'm, I just still don't understand today how he got a place on the PlayStation blog, um, got an announcement, got onto a PlayStation showcase. It just I, doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, it, and I think strange. I think that's why people thought it was late, related to Kojima with the teases by saying it could possibly be Silent Hill and that and Hassan's name in in um, Arabic or whatever it is spells Kojima and stuff like that. It's just absolute nonsense, absolute crazy. Um, but yeah, abandoned should be abandoned. It, it just shouldn't. I, I just don't see why they're still pushing it forward. I don't see why PlayStation is still giving him the time and day. You know, because it's like they've just got in with blind faith and thought, well, looks good, let's just go for it. And it's turned out to be nothing. But um, Yeah, you know, and it boggles my mind with this guy. Um, with this, let me see, Hassan Kar- Karaman, I guess. K-H-R-A-M-A-N, that's his name, Hassan. It, yeah. it boggles my mind that someone like Helena Taylor from the Bayonetta 3 controversy uh, burned all her bridges, but he's doing more than he, she ever did. And he's conning people out of money and saying all kinds of stuff. And 
he's still, you know, PlayStation hasn't officially, I guess, condemned him, which they should. You know, it's like they need to make an official statement and say, hey, you know what? Um, any any professional relationship we had with this guy is now null and void. We're not going to associate with this guy anymore. Um, he's a crook, a liar, a thief, whatever. And, yeah. um, you know, you shouldn't believe anything he texts. Blue Box Studios is a bust. Um, we're, we're now, uh, you know, considering uh, pursuing... Um, you know, this case in court or something. They need they need to make a statement about this because you have a lot of PlayStation gamers that really were looking to the Silent Hill thing. And I know there's a, there's a, a Silent Hill game coming up. I don't remember what the title of it is. Um, but it's now out in the wild. And so him suggesting, oh, Abandon is really going to be Silent Hill. I mean, there has to be, you know, that has to be a violation of some type of, uh, you know, business relationship that he had with Sony implying that his game was something it's not they need to squash it quick not not just not just to um prevent anybody else from doing this in the future but to kind of restore um faith in their company by these gamers that for a long time thought abandoned was going to be something and they were misled and PlayStation never stepped in it just it it feels like the situation needs to be addressed on on a top tier for you know playstation boss type of level definitely yeah it should have been literally when it was they started bringing kojima into it or teasing kojima saying it could be silent hill and all the rumors and things um you you would really think that sony would have gone whoa 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 what are you doing because like kojima's kind of like someone they never want to upset or or miss you know misrepresent or anything on the PlayStation side because he's a big part of PlayStation always has been, um, but yeah I can't I just can't understand why they haven't come out and said anything haven't made a statement and say look he, we're parting ways or is there nothing to do with this or you know they should be coming out and saying something instead because like I say silence the silence is like deafening if you will it's literally. Yeah. It's just fueling more and more people to come up with these crazy theories. Um, and obviously, Kojima's had enough to the point now where he's had to address it. It's nothing yeah. to do with him. He's not involved with it whatsoever in any sense, like business sense. But he's had to address it because people won't leave him alone, which yeah. is bad. And it looks, does reflect bad on Sony because they're not turning around and saying, pack it in. What are you doing? And having a place on the blog posts and stuff like that and not saying anything. It's like, is, is there that sort of connection? And then you've got Hassan posting, oh, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't um, harass devs and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but you've caused it. It says any harassments come your way. And I'm against harassment. You should never harass developers, publishers. You never harass anyone um at all um or threatening behavior or anything like that you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it if you do it you, you're an idiot and you, you shouldn't be allowed to even talk to people uh, but when you're fueling it and you're causing a lot of issues and you know and making people angry which to be honest it's games nobody should be getting angry over games really should they it's yeah. computer games it's a hobby it's an escape um lifesaver in some cases but not something we should be losing tempers about, threatening people about and harassing, but he hasn't helped it. And yeah. But I would say the kind of book stops with PlayStation because by saying nothing, giving them the coverage they have, it's almost 
feeding them rumours that there's some truth to it. But hopefully now Kojima has come out and said, you know, it's not true. Yeah, you know, people going to listen. Well, and it, it's it sucks because um, you know it really sucks that Kojima had to do it because it, obviously it's not his job to come out and address this. But after all that uh, Konami put him and his team through at the you know the latter half of the development of Metal Gear Solid Five, and everybody knows about that and how they wouldn't let him go to the Game Awards, you know he goes from that he makes Death Stranding, and now he has people harassing him and doing this stuff regarding abandon. It's just. You know, I, I just I feel for the guy. I really do. You know, because that's an unfortunate situation that he has to go through. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just it's just a shame that the these it's it's got to get to this point. Um, but you know, they could easily do so. But by now, if there is a game that exists, if this if Blue Box Game Studios Hassan, he's the only person that anyone's ever seen actually on a camera. No, none of his other teams been seen. It's always been in his bedroom or in his office, wherever. Um, and that is all anyone's seen. By now, they must have something. They must have a slice, anything that they could show and say, look, this is where we're at. This is the game. Or, you know, even if it's a, a, a different, just something, anything to show that this game exists and there's just nothing, absolutely nothing. The first time they've broke their silence is... When when Kojima's made a statement and they're thanking him for crushing rumors, rumors that he started, that he started and caused all this, you know. But yeah, I I don't think abandons a game. I don't think we're going to see it, um, and I just don't think it's that. I I think hopefully this is going to be it done. Uh, but also on the Kojima side, he's also not having the best time going at the moment because. Uh, Two minutes of the uh, game Overdose by Kojima Productions was leaked last week, um, which, again, have you, have you seen the footage? Have you watched it, the horror game? Um, no, I haven't yet. <laughs> it's a guy with his phone filming it on his phone. On I, I don't know if it's a TV or a, a monitor or something he's filming, but he's sat there topless, <laughs> Holding his phone, filming it. I don't know where he's got the footage from, where it where it surfaced from, but he's managed to get hold of it. But essentially, the game's called Overdose. Um, you kind of, from what you can see, you're guiding a character around uh, what seems to be like an abandoned warehouse or abandoned asylum, something like that. Okay, uh, right. The uh, the Xbox exclusive that uh, Hideo Kojima was making. Right, right, but. Not confirmed. It, it, oh, it's, I see. I it's see. It's not nothing's actually been confirmed. Obviously, we know he's working with Xbox. Yeah. Looking at what was shown, I don't think Overdose is the game that's working with Xbox because that deal was only inked a couple of months ago. There's right. no way they would have made a big chunk of the game before they signed contracts. There's no way they're going to start on anything till contracts are signed yeah. i think this overdose is just a, another game he was making because they did say um earlier this year late last year that they did have multiple projects in development um maybe it was something that were, he was developing for stadium who knows or another game for playstation or multi multi-platform uh but he literally shows this uh walking around with like, a torch looking around um, and then, like, someone's chasing you, and you kind of, she runs and hides. Then this creature thing gets her, 
uh, kills her, and it just comes up as game over. And then it says overdose, um, Kojima Productions game. So obviously that's how we know the game's called Overdose and it's Kojima Productions, but nothing nothing specifies console. If you get a chance, have, have you know have a look at it later. And anyone in chat, if you haven't seen it, um, have a quick look. It's hard not to notice the half naked man stood there with his sat there with his phone filming it. It's a bit, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very off, very off putting, but it's, 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 it's funny. It's funny, but it's a shame. It's a shame because Kojima, he's quite, you know, he likes, he likes to tease things very cryptically over, over years, most of the time. And uh, it's a shame when all, you know, all this time, effort, go into these games and they get leaked and they get spoiled. Uh, and it's a shame. And it's a shame with any game. Um, I take God of War Ragnarok um, over the past week, week and a half, because uh, the game got uh, released early by some retailers and people thought it'd be fun to play the game and spoil it and post things. And it's just like, no need for it. Why? Why? You've got to enjoy that game early. You're you're kind of ahead of everyone and get to enjoy that. Why spoil it for everyone else? You just there's just no need. There's you, you can't. There's nothing you get out of it. It's just I just I just can't understand it. Uh, and it, and it's and in any games, but it's a shame we've seen this footage. It, you know, it doesn't really give much away. It gives you an idea what the theme of the game is. Um, but that's that's pretty much really. So you're not really going to spoil yourself by watching it. But but there there we go, there we go. But yeah, um, look forward to seeing what we do get from Kojima that he's actually making, not uh, not um, Hassan isn't making. Right, uh, right. Let's uh, let's move on um, to Horizon. Uh, this report comes from again VGC. You're probably seeing a theme here that. I get a lot of my stories from VGC. I just find it quite quite easy. Everything's always there, always pops up. So I, I do uh, I do right. like to get news from there, and obviously um, try and send a little bit of credit to the people that have that have done it. Just to, so I'm not just thinking I've written a report myself or anything like that. So yeah, this is from VGC, posted by Tom Ivan. Uh, Sony and NCSoft have reportedly struck a deal to create a Horizon MMO. Um, according to a new site, MTN, uh, the project will be developed by a South Korean company behind the Lineage and Guild Wars MMO series and target the global market as Sony's pushing to live service games. Hmm. NC Software is currently recruiting developers to work on the title, which is said to be listed as Project H in job advertisements. A statement from NCSoft's Global Communications Office reportedly read by Google Translate, because obviously it's in Korean, so it, um, it could be a bit of the language, could be a bit a bit slightly off. It's difficult to confirm information about unpublished projects that are currently under development. Um, VGC have reached out to Sony for comment, uh, so they still obviously haven't got a reply yet. Um, yeah, it's... Um, they kind of we we knew Sony were going down this route. They um, did make did make a statement when they were sort of talking about roadmap ish, where they were going. 
Um, by in right. the next five years, they want to five yeah, I'm pretty sure five years they want to release um, ten live service games, which sounds quite a lot, really. But um, yeah, you know, you might you might get these um, ten live service games, but doesn't mean that they're all going to stick. You know, you you don't you don't know. Um, how you know it could might not stick take off you know, take some of the games they've just recently done uh, that uh, twisted metal type game i can't quite remember it that came out and launched as a full price game and then ended up quickly shoving it into uh into uh, playstation plus um, right. and it didn't did not last long that was a live service game and it died super quickly super super quickly um but yeah, um, the um, I can see trying to work with other companies uh, that probably specialise in this sort of thing to try and build these different games. Um, Horizon, not 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 bad at all, really, for an M- MMO. You know, it's. Um, I, have, have you played any of the Horizon games yet? Yeah, I have. I did play um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I bought the Frozen Wilds. I didn't finish that. I was halfway through it. Um, I haven't played the new Forbidden West yet. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, you know, and it was it was kind of mixed. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, and you know, for anyone in the chat that that likes the franchise, I apologize. Um, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, it, it kind of felt like the first half was uh, kind of slow. Uh, it started picking up towards the second half. That's when I really got interested in it, and. Um, you know, I think it's one of those franchises that's kind of going through its growing pains. It has a lot of promise, but I think as they develop it more, it's really going to flourish. I kind of feel like the uh, this MMORPG thing, it's a good idea for this uh, universe because it's going to allow it's going to allow them to grow the lore and to um, really grow the world that Aloy, you know, exists in. And I also I also know there's a there's a VR game coming out for the PSVR, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, within the Halo or Halo, I'm sorry, Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West universe. And um, I think those two together are going to help to really solidify Aloy as a, as a permanent, um, you know, PlayStation IP. But as far as the MMORPG goes, I honestly think it's a good thing for people that enjoy this because it's going to give them a chance to really interact with each other, kind of like how Fallout 76 did. Yeah, it had its issues at launch. But I think if PlayStation is really being aggressive with tackling issues at launch, um, any issues they do have when they first release this game, you know, can be mitigated within the first 90 days. And it'll keep people invested in this and it will help them maintain interest for a possible third game somewhere down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely you're definitely going to see. I haven't finished for Forbidden West yet, but I do believe like most games, they, they do leave some sort of the door open a bit if they're going to pursue down the next one. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we go there. But as, a, as an MMO, I, I can see it working. I can see it working. It's a very lush world. You've got a lot of ground you can go over. You don't have to have it in the exact same spot where Aloy's base. You could have it at uh, an earlier time period, a later time period, or just in a complete different area running at the same time. So, you yeah. know, big up, big open world, um, kind of work as, as groups to take on, you know, the some of the machines, you know, an overall story trying to stop 
um, the machine's going crazy or something like that, you know, and, and maybe you could then bring characters from from the games into it. You know, you could have like set missions where the, you know, special events where Aloy comes in to help you or you helping Aloy find this um, new device or something like that. So it's, right. it, there's a lot of lore um, well, and a lot they could go touch on with with the um, Horizon franchises in MMO. You know, you know, you mentioned about it being in a period before. Um, I, I think if um, I think that's an interesting premise. You know, um, in the first game, of course, Aloy was under the care of uh, Rost, you know, who was an outcast himself. So yeah. I mean, if, if you had it happen before Aloy was born, and you know, Rost and some of the other characters in that universe if they were a big part of that MMORPG trying to establish, um, you know, the entire, uh, the setup for the first game, I think that would be an interesting premise. I do think though, a lot of people, um, and I, I'm not saying whether they're right or not. I just think a lot of people would be like, Oh, well we want Al, you know, Aloy in the game. You know, we want her to be mm. a part of it. And it's like, you, you got to understand, you know, with this MMORPG, I mean like 90% of the people, if you let people choose 90% of them are going to be running around as Aloy. Definitely, definitely. So I, I think I think if you, I think if you had this in the same world as her, but maybe made her where she's an NPC, to where like the MM, in the MMORPG she was like a boss that, you know, you may accompany her on missions or you may take tasks from her or she gives you guidance or something like that. But they allowed people to make their own characters. I think that would actually make a lot more sense than allowing yeah you know ten thousand people to play as Aloy. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Create your own character. You're going out into the world. You can uh, obviously create new armor pieces and stuff like that. Create your look. It's out of uh, most of the PlayStation franchises. Obviously, apart from Bungie, Destiny, that's kind of a whole different kettle of a fish, really. Um, You know, I think Horizon's kind of the sort of playground, if you will, for yeah. an MMO out of all the franchises they got, because I, cu- I couldn't see it working in The Last of Us, really. Because then Last of Us would just be, it would just be Fallout. Yeah. But without Pretty a nuclear much. bomb. Yeah. It, and, you know, days gone, the same sort of thing. Whereas Horizon's kind of set in a period where civilization has gone and all these other things have taken over and these robots have were made by this machine that man created to carry on Earth. So you, you could, there's a lot they could do and a lot of ways they could go in an MMO ball. I hope it happens. I'm, I'm very, I'm quite looking forward to, quite excited to see uh, an MMO in Horizon. I'd play it. I am, I am still playing Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, yeah. I did finish Zero Dawn. I, ha- I didn't do the um, the DLC expansion. Uh, I do own it. I just, I have, just haven't done it, but. I really do enjoy a game. It's 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 really really fun, and it's more, um, it's the characters. It's not so much Aloy. Aloy, I like her as a character, um, but I also like the detail and the interactions with the NPCs and the story and and you know the emotions and that they make you feel and and the interactions and the world. The world's just absolutely beautiful and. You know yeah. the way they've made these robot dinosaurs and things. It's a they've done an amazing job. And if, as long as, you know, the gorilla can have quite a strong input on the game on the MMO instead of just leaving it completely to uh, yeah. this third party developer. Because again, it's like anyone can make a game. Really, you know, anyone they could have anyone make Horizon, anyone make Uncharted. But yeah. if you haven't got 
that core team having an input that created it, who know the characters, who, you know, who designed these stories and things. If you don't have any input from them, you're going to get, I think you're going to get, you might have the same looking places and characters, but you're going to have a completely different feel to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like Uncharted. There's the rumors that someone else is going to be taking over Uncharted. I can't see anyone but Naughty Dog do it, if I'm honest, because I, I think it would just wouldn't be the same. I really don't think it would. Same yeah. as if any God of War or anything like that, if you gave it to someone else, I just don't think you're going to have that same passion, that same yeah. feeling, these people that have built it from the ground up. Yeah, and, you know, it's like the, the humor, the, um, you know, the, the feel of the characters, the chemistry, um, the way the stories within that universe progress under a specific developer, you're not going to have that if you change developers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, you lose it. It's like, you know, you, you just lose that thing. There's just that something there that all these developers that have worked years and years and years together to build these worlds, build these characters, yeah. how they act, how, you know, the story they're trying to tell and, you know, you pass that game to someone else, they're not going to have that same experience and intimate knowledge of what they went through to make these games. And and that would be lost. That would be lost. I do hope Guerrilla Games have quite a strong input in this MMO. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's hard because I think, um, was it with Fallout originally? Because even though Todd Howard kind of, he was like, on stage and everything, the release is it? It wasn't Bethesda Studios, was it? That did the game, the the MMO Fallout seventy six. Oh, I I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, and it, and it just wasn't the same. It, obviously, a lot of has changed now because they've had more of an input, but it just didn't. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't really Fallout. It looked like Fallout, but it just wasn't Fallout. Um, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's like with you got. I'd, I'd, I'd suppose a, a, a good example of it, doing it right is Elder Scrolls Online, um, you know, because obviously that's made by Zenimax, which is part of Bethesda. Um, but Bethesda Softworks, you know, they had quite a big input on how it worked and how it played, and it came across. You could, the way the characters were, the way the story went, you could tell it was, obviously it's an MMO story, but you could, see that Bethesda had touched it um, yeah. and then as, as every expansion goes on you can just see more and more of that deeper connection with with Bethesda working hand in hand doing it so it'd be interesting it's um I'm looking forward to it um I, I hope I hope we do see it I hope it does come out um and I hope it's going to be one of the successful live service games out of the 10 because I believe Bungie are doing one as well they're doing a new game um, again, it's going to be cross-platform because Bungie have said everything they do is going to be multi-plat, not exclusive. Yeah. Um, so, but obviously, to be honest, if you're doing a live service game, having it exclusive to one console, it, you, you're limiting your audience. Yeah. Um, and it's it, you know a lot of times that's not going to work. I don't think PlayStation would be stupid enough to say. You can only play it on PlayStation. It's going to be. I, I don't think you're going to see Xbox, but you'll definitely see PC day and date. PC day and date um, for all live service games. I don't. You won't see them Xbox. You're not going to see Horizon MMO on Xbox. I don't think you're going to see that anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. 
No, it would be cool. It'd be cool if it did, but we're not. We're not going to see anything like that, I'm afraid. Uh, right, our last topic um, again from VGC. Um, it's a bit more public known everywhere, but I like VGC. They're, they're a good bunch over there. Again, posted by Tom Ivan. HBO, the Last of Us TV show, will premiere on January 15th, 2023. It's now finally been confirmed. Um, After the release date leaked earlier this week, HBO and game developer Naughty Dog officially announced on Wednesday, airing on HBO Max in the US and Sky in the UK, where it will premiere on January the 16th. Uh, Which, yeah, because it always, like uh, Game of Thrones and House of Dragon, the when it airs in the US, it airs here at the same time, but obviously it thinks about two o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, The Last of Us is the first television series from PlayStation Productions, a studio formed by Sony Interactive Entertainment to adapt its original game properties for film and TV. Co-written and executive produced by Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin, I hope I pronounced that right. And Naughty Dog Vice President Neil Druckmann. It will cover the events of the first game and may include content based on The Last of Us Part 2. Um, yeah, um, I, I say I, I love Naughty Dog as, uh, as a creator. Uh, they make some amazing games. But I didn't overly connect with The Last of Us. And I don't know why, because it, it it's horror. It looks fun. Uh, it looks suspenseful. As you as you're a bit on edge, um, and yeah. it, it sounds like a really fun game. But for whatever reason, I never connected with Last of Us. Um, I was very very tempted to pick up um, the remaster PlayStation Five version, uh, but I've held off for now because. A game that's been like remastered twice or whatever. Yeah. I think seventy dollars is just way too expensive. So I'll wait. I'll wait on that one. But I actually, when I saw the trailer, teaser trailer for The Last of Us, um, I was hooked. I was like, I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it. And then I'm like, Do I need to play the game? Do I really need to just push myself through it, get the game, and play it? Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, re- I'm really look. I'm really looking forward to it. It's great cast. Um. Is it Pedro Pascal? He's playing. Um, uh, he's playing Joel and Belly Bella Ramsey's playing um, Ellie. Uh, so it's good, good cast, good actors. Uh, Pascal is absolutely amazing in anything he does. Anyway, he does a lot of TV, he does a lot of film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. HBO generally make good content. Neil Druckmann is just is you know his mind and anything he does um, is just amazing. And the fact that they're quite hands on literally hands-on there on set helping make this series um you just know it's going to be magic you know it's going to be fire the trailer just looked amazing and we only got a brief look at it yeah uh, and we haven't got long to wait either uh, you know it's only only a couple of months away and we're going to be watching it and uh no i'm really looking forward to it um is it something that you would watch is it something you'd be interested in do you like the last of us series uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I pre-ordered The Last of Us Part 1 when it came out on PS3, 
and I actually played it for a few days, returned it to GameStop. Um, I was like, oh, this isn't for me. But, you know, the next generation, when I got a PS4, a free copy of The Last of Us Remastered came with it. And okay. I said, oh, what, you know, what the hell? I'll play it, right? And, um, you know, and my wife had encouraged me. She said, oh, you know, it looks like something that um, you'd actually enjoy if you give it some time. And I played through The Last of Us Part 1. I didn't play another game until I finished my playthrough. And I was just blown away at the at the level of storytelling, um, at the quality of the relationship between Ellie and Joel. And I think I know Neil Druckmann. Um, he was a big part of The Last of Us Part One and Part Two. He understands, yeah. you know, the emotional. Uh, he and he understands the emotional chemistry that they have to have. Um, the dire world that they exist in and how it shapes the two of them, you know, and I think there's no, there's no other person that would um, know more about those two characters than Neil Druckmann and having him on set is definitely a good thing from everything I've seen from the last of us TV show. It looks like it's going to be f- very faithful to the content, to the source material Without being yeah. a uh, you know without being a step for step remake, which is which is good. You know you don't want um, you don't want a video game adaptation going to movies or television to be exactly one hundred percent like it was in the games because like you know we've said this before. Um, you know a video game can be anywhere from twenty hours to hundred hours, and there's just no way you're going to have that in you know in a television show or even in a movie. Um, no. And so the fact that he's on set, the fact that he understands the strengths of this series and what really pulls on people's heartstrings, um, I think those are all good indicators that this that this show is going to be phenomenal. I know HBO has a has a very well deserved reputation for making quality shows. They have for yeah. years, and mm-hmm. um, I would say if one show would motivate me to get the uh, the HBO uh, streaming service. It would probably be The Last of Us. I know they had uh, Game of Thrones and other quality, um, you know, quality TV shows in the past. And I just, you know, I have other, I have other services like I have Peacock and I have, uh, you know, Tubi and like a couple other ones. But um, just for The Last of Us, especially since my wife was a big fan of the franchise as well, I would say that would probably be one television show that would motivate me to get the hbo streaming service yeah 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 it's you knowing knowing who's working on it um everything that's going into it the cast um it's it's really 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 looking forward to seeing it and it, it does it, you know it's kind of like a lot of people saying why did why have you remade or remade remastered however you see it um of Last of Us Part One. Why have you done it? Why have you done it? And it's like because of this. This is why. Because yeah. this game's going to be out now. People are going to watch that show, and they're going to do what they did with The Witcher. They're going to go yeah. and play Witcher Three. Witcher, yeah. Witcher yeah. came, and the sales of Witcher Three and game interactions went through the roof. Everybody was playing it. Everybody was watching it. Um, Cyberpunk. I know Cyberpunk's very divisive. Um, yeah. gone through some really rough sides and I know they've greatly improved it apparently it's a really really good game now I will come back to that eventually I'm just not quite ready for that one yet uh, but they released um, on was it Netflix Cyberpunk yeah. Edge Runners yeah. amazing anime I'm not anime but I am going to watch it I do need to watch it and I will watch it 
And literally, people just flock to Cyberpunk, and it's like, this is an amazing game, you know? So yeah. this is, you know, Sony are playing that bit of a longer game. Let's get it out before the holidays. Let people play it. Let's get, you know, people get it re-reviewed. Pretty much the same reviews, but things have improved. And now, literally, this series will come out in January, and people will buy this game. People will be looking for PlayStation 5s, and they will be buying the, the, that game. So, and it is, it's, it's, it's thinking, you know, it's like thinking ahead. Um, they know they're going to make money on it. They know people are going to buy it. They know people are going to get part two because they're yeah. going to do the first one, watch the series, play the first game, and then want to do the second game to see when they do a second series, how much of that's in that. So, you know, it's all going to make money. It's all going to make money. But no, it's fair play to them, and it's, uh, it looks like they've done a good job. Um, I'm looking forward to like, the uh, Twisted Metal series. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard they're making a show about Twisted Metal. Yeah, yeah, with um, Anthony Mackin, who plays um, the new like the new Captain America. Right, right. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's the main guy in it. Uh, but yeah, that's coming to Peacock later mid next year, I think it is. Interesting, uh, very good. Yeah, so they, they've wrapped up production and stuff now. So, uh, yeah, Will Arnett's playing the voice of Sweet Tooth. So, well, and you know, I know, I know a lot of people are wanting a Twisted Metal uh, reboot, and I think it's going to surprise the hell out of, out, of, out of a lot of people if right before this television show is about to come around and be a thing, if Sony surprises everyone and said, Oh, by the way, we have a Twisted Metal reboot. Here you go. I, I, it'll blow everybody's minds. They'll be like, "Oh my god!" I'd I'd love to see. I'd love him to get David Jaffe back. He's obviously he's the original creator of Twisted Metal. Yeah, um, I'd love them to get him back on board and help remaster for modern consoles. Yeah, the, uh, the first two games, Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal Two, get them remastered, get them remade. Um, I'd love him to come back and do that, but I don't think it would happen. I don't think Jaffe would be willing to do it. But if he did, it'd be it'd be awesome because he's uh, he's got a brilliant mind as as Jaffe. Yeah. He he was also the original um, lead and creator on God of War, the original games. Yeah, was, yep. that was David Jaffe. So yeah, so no, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You know, future of PlayStation, future of all these consoles are looking bright, and you know we're kind of. Kind of at that stage now, we're at the back end of the year. Um, PlayStation's biggest games came out today. Um, yep. Obviously, if no one no one does know, if you're under a rock or anything like that, um, God of War Ragnarok is out now. Um, it'll be interesting, hopefully, maybe in a couple of weeks or something, we can sort of have a, a thing going with chat and, you know, and see what else we can get on, have a good conversation about um, God of War. No spoilers, though. Um, yeah. I won't, won't spoil the game. Um, you know, I can I can talk about it without spoiling it and giving stuff away. Um, but, you know, because he's got to have time. You know, maybe maybe one day we'll see. Maybe like we'll have a, in the future we'll have a spoiler cast on something or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, actually, that kind of brings us to the, the end of the show now. It's uh, all topics are done. That was uh, it was uh, a lot to get get through for our very first show. We are a panel member down. Um, Sarah Crazy Will from Twitch was uh, meant to be joining us this evening, but she sadly she's not feeling so good. So uh, hope you get better soon. So we've uh, 
you know, managed with uh, just the two of us, and uh, I think it's uh, we've done. It's gone, it's gone all right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Everyone that's been in and out the chat, people that are watching, everyone that's going to watch across um, podcasts and on demand later. It's much appreciated. If you enjoyed the content, if you like what you're seeing, you want to see more. Got any suggestions? Got any questions you'd like us to answer on next week's show or future shows? Um, you can drop them to me on Twitter. You can drop them on the YouTube comments uh, or on XBL. My said DM me. My DMs are open. Um, Sentinel as well. You can drop him messages if you you know anything you want to ask on on show. But. Uh, yeah. No, um, thank you very much for the people that are here for our very first show. It's so much appreciated. It, it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to Sentinel because, um, as I say, if anyone missed the news, um, Sentinel has officially joined um, XPL. He's part of the XPL family, and this is his first um, show where he's official panel member on. So yes. I just want to say thank you, Sentinel, for coming along with this as well with me. It's, uh, it was a bit daunting for first playstation podcast of you know i've actually done so it's uh, it's been it's been interesting but no thank you very much yeah it was uh, a blast thanks for having me uh, on and thanks for making me a panel member i appreciate it no very very welcome thank you for agreeing to join uh do you want to tell everyone uh, where they can find you uh yeah sure i have a youtube channel um i do have to upload the modern warfare 2 uh video that i've been working on for a while but sentinel 17 gaming is where you can find me on youtube I'm also on Twitch and Twitter. It's the same uh, handle for both. It's Sentinel17, but it's alphanumeric, so it's S3NT1N3L17. I usually live stream five or six days a week. You can check me out there. I am on Twitter a hell of a lot more than I probably should be, but you can find me on there. And follow me, obviously, if you're not following me already. Yes, yes, definitely. Give give uh, Sentinel a follow. Check out his content. Does some amazing work, and he's an awesome dude to talk to. And it's obviously, as you can probably tell from the conversation tonight, yeah, it's just been it's been good. It's been good. Uh, I say, um, I'm say I'm BMG. You can find me on Twitter at BMG. Find me home here. Um, you know, over on XBL, uh, we've got there's uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we have um, Gaming Room One Hundred and One with the host Jinna. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out of some uh, on the socials for more information on that coming out soon. Um, we again, we are on our way to a thousand subscribers. Um, once we hit nine hundred, there's going to be a giveaway of um, some games as well as a free month game pass. And once we hit a thousand subscribers, uh, we're going to be a very big bundle of games. Don't ask me which games because Ash deals with all that, but it's a big, huge bundle of games. And we are going to be giving away um, some more game pass as well. Uh, and I think as well, what we'll probably do is when we hit 900 subscribers, um, I'll ha- I'll have a giveaway over on here as well for the, the PSM Party podcast. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, if you like what you see, like, share, subscribe. And other than that, we will uh, catch you next week. See you later, guys. Later.